It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our glorious website at northstarsports.media. And welcome into the show, everybody. We got a good one for you today here on this Monday night as we look to recap UFC Fight Night Poirier versus Hooker, which took place on June 27th in Las Vegas, Nevada at the UFC Apex facility. And what an amazing fight card that was. That was a, a very fun night of fights. Uh, kind of went by quickly, um, surprisingly, uh, because there was only 10 fights. Now, I know they have a certain allotment they have to fill, and usually when you get a bunch of quick finishes, uh, you know, it seems like these cards go on forever because you see the same previews over and over. But, uh, you know, I got to tell you, you know, it was very quickly, you know, 10, 15 p.m., and, and the card was over, and I was very sad. I was very sad because, you know, we got to wait two weeks before we get another UFC card, so that was what really... Uh, you know, just hanging over my head as I watched, as I tried to enjoy. I really tried to enjoy this fight card, and I did, but there's just a, t- a tinge of sadness as I was watching the post-fight presser uh, in the recap show on ESPN+. Plus. Just because, ah, it's, you know, we're still in the quarantine, sports are still not back. I guess Korean baseball is back, but I, I don't even watch American baseball. Uh, the NHL is coming back, the NBA is coming back, but that's these are still weeks away, you know. So it's it we're still in the struggle here. We're still we're still in the real struggle, and you know we got to wait. Uh, well, I guess twelve days, twelve days at this point, uh, till uh, July eleventh until we get that um, two fifty one card. But listen, it's going to be worth the wait. It'll be worth the wait. Three title fights on that card. Fight Island, which. Is not really an island, but you know, whatever. I I can deal with it. I'll go back. Maybe I'll watch some of the old fights. Uh, th- you see, this is how depressing my life is during quarantine when it comes to sports related. Getting my sports related fix. I've honestly probably watched the title fight between Holloway and Volkanovski uh, three times in its entirety. Like a thirty minute fight. Now, I, I mean, I you know, hour and a half doesn't sound like much, but I've watched plenty of other fights during this 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 last week and. Man, it's 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 getting to be a little a little depressing with the lack of sports. You know, the the UFC is doing their part, but you know, even even Bellator, I, I heard One FC's coming back on I think the twenty seventh of July. I might I might have just pulled that out of my fucking ass, but they're they're coming back at some point. So, you know, uh, MMA is slowly coming back, but man, you know, there's only so many old fights you can go back and watch. And I will say, I will say. Uh, honestly, Volkanovski might have won that fight 50-45. I'm not going to be so bold to say that. He certainly won it 49-46. But anybody who thought Holloway won that fight, man, you were you were just smoking a certain illegal substance out of a out of a broken light bulb. Because I I don't know what to tell you, man. That, that fight was not even close. Volkanovski just absolutely ran away with it, and uh, I, I think that'll be uh. Very much the same when they rematch at uh, UFC 251, but that's that's the insight you get from this sports network on uh, on a different show, on a different preview show. This is the recap show. 
Uh, and uh, we'll get right into the main event here. Um, Dustin Poirier wins by unanimous decision over Dan Hooker. Uh, I believe it was 48-47 on two cards and maybe a 49-46 on another card. Either way, a very, very fun fight. Um, a, a lot of damage taken. A lot of damage taken. Um, you know, Poirier was a slight favorite coming into this. I thought Poirier would win. Um, and, and honestly, I, I, would, I would say he probably won 49-46. Uh, it, it's, it's tough explaining this to simpletons. Um, but you can win a round by a lot, or you can win a round by a little. I think Poirier won four rounds of this fight, but just because I think he won 49-46 doesn't mean I think he ran away with the four rounds he, he won. There has to be a winner, for the most part, there has to be a winner, I guess unless the the judges use the rarely used 10-10 in a round. You know, there has to be a winner, so... You know, just because I think he won 49-46 doesn't mean I, th- I thought he, you know, whooped Hooker's ass. But uh, I did think by a little bit he won four of those rounds by my estimation. But either way, great fight. And it's, it's one of those great fights too, not not health-wise, but um, stock-wise. The stock market, as uh, George St. Pierre uh, would say. Both of these guys' stocks really go up after this fight. Even Hooker in a loss, you know what I mean? Uh, there, there's been plenty of Hooker who have have taken a loss in Las Vegas. So Dan Hooker was not the first, and he is not the last. Um, but even even he will see a, a rise in his stock. I know he 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 was on a pretty impressive streak since he went up to lightweight from featherweight. He won seven of his last eight. Um, you know, but then listen, Dustin Poirier. I I know I know we like to shit on interim titles, and I get it, man. I get it because they are there's no interim king of the jungle, but you know, Dustin Poirier, if he didn't exist in the greatest time for, for any division ever, man, this guy could be like a guy who, who defended the belt four or five times. You know what I mean? He's a very, very good fighter. Uh, and I, I think we're seeing him slowly become one of the best fighters of all time. It's just, you know, listen, you're you're kind of living under under two really big shadows, you know, with, with the loss to... Uh, McGregor and the loss to to Khabib, and obviously those two having having bid and currently are the you know the lightweight champions. Um, but Dustin Poirier though, he, he improves to eighteen and five in the UFC. That's that's a ridiculous stat as well. You know, uh, the losses he has are all all to really solid opponents. Uh, and and I mean, he he almost has four times as many wins as he does losses. He only loses. You know, he'll get on a really nice streak and then lose, and then that'll set him back, and then, you know, that, that that's, that's why you got to respect him winning the interim belt because, like he said, he's always taken the long way to get to places. Uh, you know, and he certainly took the long way to UFC gold. I think he had the most amount of UFC fights before winning gold other than Michael Bisping. I think Michael Bisping had, had the longest route to the belt in the UFC when it comes to total fights. But, you know, Poirier... What a performance, and he's only 31. So, I mean, this is also a guy, I mean, don't look now, but 18 wins in the UFC, I think that puts him top five, tied for top five for most wins ever. You know, I'm not saying this guy's going to fight till he's 42, you know what I mean? But if he just keeps fighting uh, a, a couple of times a year for maybe the next, you know, five or six or seven years, I mean, I don't know, this could be a guy who, who uh, you know, 
I'm not going to say runs away with the most UFC wins because obviously Cerrone's still active even though he's losing many more fights than he's winning these days. Uh, but, you know, this is a guy who's going to be in the in the UFC record books. Um, and, and also, I mean, forget forget total UFC wins because obviously you look at the top UFC wins. I know Dan Miller's up there. You know, there's some fighters up there who, yeah, they might have not. I, I'm not trying to shit on Dan Miller, but or Jim Miller. Jesus, Jim Miller. Um just generic names. I can't remember them. Uh, but Jim Miller, like I think Jim Miller has 18 wins. They're, they're not, I understand he was highly ranked in, in the lightweight division, you know, like 10 years ago, but a lot of his wins are not against the best. Poirier's wins, I mean, holy smokes. Uh, well, a win over Jim Miller, uh, funny, funnily enough. Anthony Pettis, former champ, Justin Gaethje, uh, well, current interim champ and one of the most exciting fighters, one of the most violent fighters of all time. That win looks even better as time goes on. Eddie Alvarez, former champ in, in multiple, what was it? He was champ in the UFC, Bellator. Was he a champ in Strikeforce even? I don't remember, but he, he's been a champ in every organization he's ever been in. Holloway stopped the 12-fight winning streak for Holloway. That That's very impressive. I mean, you look at this guy. You know, and then there's just some, some you know, real tough guys he's taken on that have never been champions. You know what I mean? But but nobody's going to glow over these victories. You know, like uh, like uh, uh, Carlos Diego, Diego Fajeda. You know, that's a real tough one. He knocked him out in the first round. You know, and you see what he's done. I think he's number 10 in the rankings now. Uh, a Yancy Medeiros, that's a, that's a tough guy. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to go, wow, you beat Yancy Medeiros. But, you know, he's got some, some tough ones and... Again, he'll just get on a streak and then lose. Like, loses to Conor McGregor, goes on a five-fight winning streak, and then loses to Michael Johnson. You know what I mean? Just kind of weird stuff like that. So it's really good to see Dustin Poirier win. Really good for him to get that three hundred thousand in his in his pocketbook because that that was a disclosed uh, show and win uh, money for for Poirier, and then probably a probably a discretionary bonus and probably. I, I didn't see, but probably fight of the night, so he probably got a bonus for that. So he might have, he might get an extra hundred thousand in in discretionary and uh, and performance bonuses. So, you know, could be closing in on on half a mil. Uh, well, probably probably more like four hundred k. But, you know, very very good for Poirier. That's one of the things I noticed when I, I like looking at the uh, disclosed payouts, because holy smokes, I wish I could find it, but I'm live here on the air, but. A lot of these fighters are making nothing, and I hate to be that guy about, you know, because there's already so many nerds who are sweaty about, oh, these UFC fighters don't get paid enough. Yeah, well, they choose to... You're not going to get an argument from me. I think they should get paid more as well, but I'm not sitting here, you know, like a like a sweaty like a sweaty keyboard warrior, you know, just pounding my fist. Oh, these fighters need to make more. Yeah, some of them don't. Some of them don't. Like, uh... Uh, John Volante, I think he got 75 and 70. Well, obviously he lost, but he, he, he had 75 and 75 and it's like, holy smokes, this guy's lost. Like, what is it? He's, he's three, five and one in his last nine fights, all against terrible opponents. And this guy's still getting paid $75,000. I mean, you guys got to put it in perspective. I understand both sides. Listen, we get punched in the head for a living. Yeah. You deserve to get paid a lot, but $75,000. I understand you got to pay camps and all that stuff, uh, but the average household income in America is fifty-five thousand dollars. So, you know, for one fight against Maurice Green, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not 
I'm not crying that John Volante only got $75,000. That sounds like a pretty sweet deal. But like some of these guys, um, like Tanner Bozier, I think he had 12 and 12. Um, Kay Hansen, I think was 12 and 12. Takashi Sato, he might be like 14 and 14. Kama Worthy was 12 and 12 as well. Uh, you know, so I mean, guys like this, that's, that's where you, you feel for him. Like, Sean Woodson lost to Julian Arosa, which is a real bad loss because Woodson was the minus 500 favorite, according to William Hill. And he only got paid 12. Uh, Kyle da- Kyle Dawkins and Brendan Allen, that's a real disturbing disturbing one. And I understand their relative UFC, well, Dawkins made his UFC debut tonight, and Brendan Allen's a relative UFC newcomer. But Allen got 14 and 14. And Dawkins lost, so he he only got twelve. So, how would you like to be Kyle Dawkins? You you fight a very very close fight. You get your ass beat. I mean, in fairness, Kyle Dawkins had his moments. You know, I'm not trying to make it seem like it was a one sided thing. No, it was a really good close fight. But Kyle Dawkins, you get your ass beat. You know what I mean? You get, you're gonna have to go to the hospital. You got all these stitches and stuff like that. You know what I mean? You're taking these subconcussive blows to the head from elbows and. Ah, here you go. Here's here's twelve thousand dollars. You know what I mean? And I'm sure he's got a camp to pay. So, and then don't even get don't even get me started on the government and taxes. So you know the government probably probably gave him a few more elbows with how much they took from his money. So you know Kyle Dawkins, who who knows how much he's actually gonna take away when it's all said and done when the government's done stealing his money, and and you know uh, he's got to pay his camps. I mean, he might only make like 4K from this fight, and you know that's that's criminal. And you know, people talk about these fighters need to get paid more, and 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 I agree, I agree. But I'm not going to be annoying about it. You know what I mean? You're not going to hear me talk about this on every single show. You know what I mean? Like a Trent Reinsmith, you know, or a, or a Luke Thomas. Although I like Luke Tom, I like Luke Thomas a lot. I really do. I listen, I listen to him all the time. I really do like him. Trent Reinsmith, ah, not so much. That guy is a absolute douchebag um but like there's simple ways so i think the ufc only gives out now it gets weird with discretionary bonuses but they only give out like 16 percent of their revenue as opposed to other sports where it's like 48 i think that's i'm not saying it has to be 48 in the ufc but can it be higher than 16 you know what i mean like all these fighters saying oh can it be 48 48 well yeah that's a pipe dream but can can it be can it be 30 can it be 25 even if it's 25 and you think 25 even if you think 25 is way too low ah it's better than 16 you know what i mean so uh and it's tough because they're independent contractors so they can't technically hold out and weird stuff like this because you can't hold out if you're an independent contractor um but like here's a real simple one when this uh adidas deal is up or no under armor when this under armor's deal is up or no is it adidas I don't even know. That's how stupid the deal is. But the deal for... Uh, no, it's Adidas. So when the Adidas deal is up, just go back to having fighters have sponsors on their on their banners, on their, on their um, fight kits. You know what I mean? Like, fighters made a lot of money. Then, then fighters can't complain about pay. You know what I mean? Like, if you're Kyle Dacus, like, okay, the UFC is only going to pay you 12 and 12. All right, there's not a whole lot we can do about that. The UFC, they're going to be greedy. But, you know, maybe if we can increase the, the revenue split to 
maybe Kyle Dawkins, and I'm terrible, I'm just throwing out numbers here, but maybe he gets paid 22 and 22, which is a, a lot better. 44,000 is a lot better than 24,000. And when when the when the deal's up, I mean, you know what I mean? I know, I know Dana liked to poo-poo this, but like, ah, man, it's the free market. You know what I mean? Maybe Kyle Dawkins gets $10,000 from Condom Depot. Remember those guys from back in the day? Condom Depot. Maybe he gets 10K to put them on his kit. You know what I mean? And then and then if Kyle Dawkins tries to complain about pay to the UFC, listen, we can go, no, 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 we let you have sponsors. So it's it's the free market, whatever you can make from, from sponsors. You know, 10K from Condom Depot. Uh, 5k from what was it Randy's tire barn or something Jerry's tire barn Jerry's tire world or something (laughs) you know like whatever man you can get I mean I guess we can't get too graphic with the sponsor I could see why they don't want condom depot as a sponsor you know what I mean I'm not saying oh let's have let's have fleshlight be a sponsor because I understand you know you got to put this on ESPN but you know even even like ah we're crest toothpaste and we'll give you 6K to put our fucking logo on your fight kit. All right, man. Like, you might laugh at it. It might sound silly. But, you know, that's 6K in the pocket of, you know, uh, uh, Kyle Dawkins or, you know, some UFC newcomer who really could use that 6K. So uh, I, I would re- I, I don't think it'll happen because the UFC likes having deals. They like having money in their pockets. Um but I would love to see them go back to sponsors. I think the fighters, honestly, I think if that happened, I don't know. I don't think we would see a lot of guys leave for Bellator. You know, a couple of years ago, there was that real exodus of top, well, top guys, but not top, top guys leaving to Bellator. Like maybe a Ryan Bader would, would stay in the UFC, maybe a Machida. And I don't pretend to know these guys' reasons for leaving, but, you know, maybe maybe you could poach more. Uh, more talent maybe you could poach guys from from one fc uh which doesn't seem to be doing super super great financially maybe you could bring more of these guys in um so that i mean that's that's pretty much my little spiel on that i'm not going to go too long-winded on on fighter pay because jesus christ we know the market is we know the media market is oversaturated with with fighter pay um but uh, getting back to the the main event an amazing win for portier um, I don't know where he goes from here, um, but he's in a great spot. He's in a great spot. You know what I mean? Um, so in the North Star Sports rankings, which you can find uh, at northstarsports.media, uh, we moved Dustin Poirier from number three to number two. So he takes over Tony Ferguson's spot because Ferguson's off of a loss. And surprisingly, Poirier's last few fights, Poirier's last few wins... I don't know. I think Poirier's last few wins are actually more impressive than Tony Ferguson's last few wins. They're both very, very good streaks. Um, but Poirier uh, is on a winning streak. Ferguson's on a losing streak. And to be honest, Poirier's record, you know, is a little better. Uh, and Dan Hooker, he moves down from number five to number six. So he, he flips places with Charles Oliveira, who goes into the top five. Um, again, I can't knock Dan Hooker. That was a very good, very close competitive fight. I'm not going to move him down four spots. You know what I mean? Um, so he only moves down one. Uh, and I can't move him any further because uh, at number seven is Paul Felder. And uh, Dan Hooker recently beat Paul Felder, so I can't put him lower than than Felder. You know, because we're not, 
we're not the UFC rankings or we're, we're not other rankings. Like, there's so many other rankings that are so stupid. This is why North Star Sports rankings are the best. So many rankings are so stupid where you go, well, this fighter just beat this fighter. And then the next fight later, you know, this fighter A who beat fighter B loses and you have fighter A below fighter B just because, oh, he lost. So we have to move him down two spots. And it's like, no, that makes no sense. It, that, that's not how rankings should work. So, you know, we don't we don't penalize Hooker uh, too much for, for this loss with Poirier. Uh, moving on to the co-main event here, uh, Mike Perry wins a unanimous decision over Mickey Gall. Uh, Perry was the uh, prohibitive favorite coming into this matchup, and uh, what a really what a really weird fight! What a 2020 fight! Uh, Mickey Gall was winning some of the striking battles. Mike Perry pretty much won all the ground battles, uh, and a very good win for Perry and uh, what is it Latoya Gonzalez? Is that her name? Uh, his girlfriend. Uh, listen, Perry is a tough fighter. I, you know, he, he talked a lot about finding a, a camp in the future. I really hope he finds a camp. I know, I know he has his gripes with the corner, uh, and, 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 you know, corners he's haven't, he's had in the past, but corners help you. They, they really do. Like, I know he had a great performance with, with no professional corner, but like, man, corners really, if you, you just had the wrong corner, Mike Perry. You just had the wrong one. Find the correct one. Find, you know, I, I would say, you know, go to, he's talking about South Florida. Go to, go to ATT, go to some of these places and, and, you know, try to explain what you want from your corner and, and see if you can get that because cor- corners help you, man. Like if you're on the ground, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they, they, they can see stuff that you can't see, you know, they can see angles and, and stuff like this. Uh, yeah, sometimes corners can be a little ridiculous. Uh, I, I don't think anything Mike Perry said about why he didn't have a corner was necessarily incorrect. In fact, I think it was almost entirely truthful. He made a lot of great points, but, uh, you know, a, a corner is just going to help you, man. There's no, there's no way around it, you know, um, especially when, when you need to fight at the highest levels of the sport. You know, after this win, he's probably going to get a top 15 opponent. Uh, I would really like to see him have a professional camp, uh, which maybe, he did. maybe he did. Maybe he's just pulling a fast one on us. Maybe he's just lying. Um, but you know, Mike Ferry's a very, very talented guy, you know, and he, he's not just a brawler. I mean, Mickey Gall's not a UFC fighter. Mickey Gall should be cut from the UFC immediately. I don't think he belongs in the UFC, but that being said, he's a good grappler. He's got a good ground game. Mike Perry just disrespected him on the ground. Just Oh, you got you got technique? Yeah, piss off. I got raw strength. You know what I mean? Like like Uncle Chael said, there was a couple of situations like that guillotine. Yeah, I'm just stronger than you. You, you fuck your technique. It means nothing. You know what I mean? And if that's if if that's the case, ah, you probably should go to I, I don't say this to be a dick, but like you need to go to Bellator and have maybe four or five fights and get legitimate experience against against lower level competition. And, and then, you know, and then we'll revisit you coming back to the UFC. I'm not, see, I'm not saying Mickey Gall will never be good. I'm not saying he'll never be a UFC fighter. I'm just saying he came into the UFC at 1-0. He's fought awful competition, awful competition, and he's still 5-3. He's still and three. You know what I mean? So, okay, you beat Mike Jackson. Literally anybody on the roster could. You beat CM Punk. 
literally anybody on the roster could beat him. A- amateurs could beat CM Punk. You beat Sage Northcut, okay. Sage wasn't ready for the UFC either. Sage was rushed. So, okay, you beat a guy who didn't belong in the UFC. You beat George Sullivan, a guy who has a losing record in the UFC, like a 2-5 and five record. Uh, and you beat Salim Tuari, who was 0-3 in the UFC. So, you only technically... Of your five UFC wins, three of them don't even have a win in the UFC themselves. Uh, only Sage and Sullivan have wins in the UFC, and again, those are not great wins. Uh, and then you get absolutely smoked by Randy Brown and Diego Sanchez, two fighters who have shreds of talent. Any fighter who's even remotely talented that Mickey Gall has fought, like Perry has talent, Brown has talent, Sanchez has talent, just been outclassed. Mickey Gall is just not a UFC fighter. He's really bad. I'm sorry. He's a UFC creation. He's a media creation. He was a guy the UFC identified very early on in his career. And just, like, why Why in the hell is Mickey Gall in a co-main event on anything? Why? Mickey Gall doesn't belong on, on a co-main event in a Bellator post-limb. Like, this is really bad. He He needs to go back to... Well, I guess not amateurs because you got eight pro fights at this point, nine pro fights at, at this point. But man, I'll never get it. I'll never get it with Mickey Gall. It makes no sense. Uh, moving on here in the featured bout on the main card. Actually, excuse me, no, the order was switched here. Uh, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Maurice Green chokes out John Volante. Uh, Breaks his two-fight losing streak. This was a this was a good fight. I, I'm really high on Maurice Green. You know, he had those two losses to, to really good fighters in Alexei Olenek and, and uh, Sergei Pavlovich. Uh, John Volante, well, he, he's, he's a true heavyweight, but he's not a true heavyweight if, if you catch my drift. You know what I mean? John Volante is a very bad, by, by UFC standards, by UFC standards, a very bad light heavyweight. Uh, lost way more fights than he won uh, over the last few years at light heavyweight. Uh, he is not—he is not a heavyweight, or at least he sh- he shouldn't be. You know, he was two fifty-five. He looked like he was third trimester pregnant. That was embarrassing. That a professional athlete looked like that. I understand. You know, you got guys like Big Country, but at least Big Country was was good. You know what I mean? If Big Country was two and seven in the UFC and he looked like that. Yeah, then you can criticize him. But, you know, big country, ah, he, he was a good fighter. He had plenty of awesome knockouts. John Volante, when you lose when you lose like that, and again, it was a, it was a competitive fight. He was piecing him up in the second round. Um, but when you lose like that, just gassing out because you're a fat man, okay, like what are we doing here? Again, John Volante, ah, I don't, I'm not going to get too negative, but I... You already know. You already know. You already know. But uh, Maurice Green, good for him. Uh, likes to cry on live TV. But shout out to him. St. Cloud, Minnesota, stand up. The Crochet Boss, one of the best nicknames uh, in the UFC. And I'd like to see him fight Tanner Bozier. I think that'd be a very interesting matchup. Uh, he's probably on the door uh, on, on the doorstep here of the top 15. He was ranked in the top 15 before his two-fight losing streak. Um and like like I said on the on the preview show, this guy's a tough mf'er. Maurice Green is a, a tough fighter. 
you know, whatever you can say about uh, sometimes he gets tagged. You know, he got tagged by John Volante. He's tough, man. He got choked out for pretty much two rounds straight, pretty much 10 minutes straight. He got choked out by Alexio Linick and still made the fight competitive when he got to his feet. I think he ultimately got choked out in the third round, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe the very end of the second round. You know what I mean? But, hey, there's no shame in losing to Olenek. This guy's a, a, a real pro of the sport. I think he's been a pro since, like, 1997. You know, he's got, like, 75 pro fights. So he, he's a absolutely tough fighter, and he's, pre- he's pretty good with the stand-up, too. Um, so it didn't really shock me when he got absolutely battered. I mean, that fight really could have been stopped uh, during that flurry, I believe, midway through the second round. Uh, that was really close to getting stopped, let me tell you. But, you know, he's he's a really, really gritty fighter. Uh, and, and you got to respect that when you're talking about power at heavyweight, even if it is a, a you know, a, a fat, a fat, overweight, light heavyweight. You know, power, power is still power when, when you got that many pounds in your stomach. Uh, moving on here to uh, one of the, one of the, well, it's tough to say it's one of the best fights on the card. I mean, it, it was really good, but there's certainly some contenders um, on here. I think it obviously has to go to Poirier and, and Hooker, but uh, Brendan Allen and Kyle Dawkins, what a fight. Like I said before, you know, Kyle Dawkins, so coming into this fight, he was 9-0. and He had five wins by Darsh, three by rear naked choke, and one decision. Not always the most interesting fighter, but he's going to win a lot of fights in the UFC. I know, you know, UFC debut's tough. Brandon uh, Brendan Allen, we have him ranked number 15 in the middleweight division right now, but obviously he was unranked coming into this fight. But Brendan Allen's very good. His wins over uh, Kevin Holland and, oh, who did he just fight? Uh, Tom Breeze. Tom Breeze. This guy's the real deal. This guy has champion written all over him. He's such a well-rounded fighter. Uh, but Kyle Dawkins is so tough, so good on the ground. I knew this this was going to be a good fight. We did have Brendan Allen as our lock of the week. Uh, and, and shout out, we had Mike Perry as the lock of the week too. So both of our locks of the week were locks of the week. <laughs> Funny how that works. Funny how the two fights I picked to win, you know, they win. That's It's almost like they were a lock of the week, but... Uh, again, Dawkins is, is really dangerous and a little bit speculative, speculative on my part, but if Brendan Allen doesn't get on top of Kyle Dawkins for the final 30 seconds and lay some ground and pound down, that very easily could have been a draw that very easily could have been Allen wins round one, Allen win, wins round two and round three is a 10, eight for Dawkins. We were 30 seconds away potentially from from it being a draw you know so that's that's crazy shout out to Kyle Dawkins because he only got twelve thousand dollars for his win bonus this guy is going to be a problem in the middleweight division you know when, when you wrestling like I always say is the best base in the UFC and this guy he's not going to be a flashy guy but he, he's 27 he's you know it's pretty young for making your UFC debut um He's going to be a problem in this division. You know, I, he, he really could be like uh, like a middleweight Damian Maya. You know, I don't want to put that juju on him, you know what I mean? But Because uh, obviously that's very lofty comparisons. But, you know, this this could really be a guy where ah, UFC says you got to face him. I think even right now, after the Allen fight, I mean, you know, like 
who's knocking down the door to fight Kyle Dawkins? You know what I mean? So, uh, shout out to Kyle Dawkins. Uh, no shame in losing to Brendan Allen. This is a guy who's I think is going to be in the top five. Uh, in in what in one calendar year, I think Brendan Allen will be in the top five uh, of of the middleweight division, uh, barring some you know catastrophic injury or or something like that. You know, uh, he's a pretty active fighter and you know cracks the top fifteen for us. Um, also on the main card, Julian Erosa upsets Sean Woodson, the biggest favorite on the card. Uh, don't have a whole lot to say on that one. I, I'm still pretty high on Woodson, although being super tall, in my opinion, is kind of gimmicky. He looked really good. He looked really good for most of the fight, uh, right until midway through the third round where he got choked out. Um, but as, I mean, listen, Luis Pena... I guess we'll get to that fight too. So Pena 6'3", Woodson 6'2", uh, lightweight and featherweight. Well, actually 150 catchweight for Woodson. Just because you're really, really tall doesn't mean you're good. I mean, I forget. I think it was MMA on point who who ran the numbers. Now, these were title fights, but I think they ran the numbers and they found out that like height really has no impact on a fight. So height... height in my mind, is overrated. Reach is really important. I'll, I'll give you that, and they got good reaches. Um, but, like, man, like, I guess Zabit's kind of the one who breaks the model, but, like, tell me a really elite fighter who's just, like, ungodly tall for his division. It Like, it it really doesn't happen. I, th- I think when it does happen, it's just because those fighters are that talented. I don't really think their height has much to do with it. You know, like, I guess Zabit breaks the pattern, but, like, these kind of... I don't want to be mean and say like freak show size fighters, you know, like, Oh, how do they make that weight? I don't really know if it's good. If it's good for you. You know what I mean? Like we've really seen weight cutting, uh, have, have negative impacts on a lot of fighters. A lot of fighters just do better when they go up a weight class. I don't really see the benefit for Luis Pena for being six, three and fighting in the, in the lightweight division. I, I don't really see the benefit for it. Um, and, and both those guys lost. You know, and both of them were, were favorites. Shout out to Kama Worthy. That's that's a tough one for me. That's that's a real tough one for me. I was, because like I said in the preview show, it was 51-49 uh, when it came to percentage for who I thought was going to win that fight. And I, I gave the nod to Pena just because I thought, you know, he's 3-2 and two in the UFC. He's got two split decision losses. So pretty easily Pena could be 10-0. and 0. You know what I mean? He could be 5-0 and 0 in the UFC you know, just if a couple of scorecards go a couple of different ways. Um, but comma worthy, holy smokes, you know, knocks out uh, Devontae Smith, minus 1,100 underdog. And he was he was a moderate underdog, minus 250, not not super crazy. Um, but Pena's a really good fighter. He's a really, really tough uh, uh, fighter. He's re- just really awkward to deal with. I mean, I'll give him that much. His height, you know, that's that's awkward. But comma worthy, holy, I, I, I kind of want to see him take on a top 15 guy in his next fight. You know what I mean? I don't exactly know. I, I understand the lightweight division is is very, very deep. But I don't know, man. Like, for, I'm at a loss for, for words. Like, how do you have two better UFC performances to start off your career, you know? Everybody knows your name because you're the guy who knocked out, you know, one of the hottest prospects in the division in Devonta Smith. And then here, you know, you're on the main, you're the main event of the prelims, you know what I mean, which is an important place to be in. 
You know, everybody always thinks, oh, I want to be higher up on the card, higher up on the card. Well, sometimes it's better to be the prelim main event than to be the second fight on the on the main card. Um, just kind, just quickly looking at the the lightweight rankings, you got number fifteen, Benil Dariush. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Dariush has a fight coming up. I I feel like he does have a fight coming up on Fight Island, but you know, maybe a Benil Dariush. Uh, we have Cowboy Cerrone ranked number fourteen. Uh, that's probably a little too much for for comma worthy at, at this point. Although I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against him. A lot of people lost a lot of money betting betting against comma worthy. Let me tell you that much. So, uh, shout out to the Death Star again. One of the coolest names in the in the UFC. You know, we we see all these stupid nicknames, but comma Death Star worthy. That's uh, that's worthy of being one of the top nicknames in in North Star's books. Uh, moving on here on the prelims, Tanner Bozier with a vicious knockout of Felipe Linz, who was the former PFL heavyweight champion. Uh, that That's good. Sucks. I don't think Bozier won a performance bonus for that, so that sucks. He only gets the 24K, uh, the, the 12K win, and, the, and then the, the 12K uh, show money. Um, again, I'd like to see him take on Maurice Green. I think that'd be interesting. The winner probably cracks the top 15. Um but I'd like to see that. And again, I'm pretty high on Tanner Bozier. I know he lost versus Cyril Gaon, but I think Gaon is championship level, uh, has a championship level makeup. I think Cyril Gaon's a very, very interesting fighter um, and, a, and a real problem for, for the top 10 very soon in the heavyweight division. Uh, we have him ranked at number 15 in, in North Star Sports rankings. So, you know, when Bozier lost to Gaon, uh, you know, a loss is a loss, but you know, no, there, that loss is going to look really good for Bozier. You know, as as good as a loss can look uh, over the next couple of years. But I really like him. I think he's got a uh, good stand up. Obviously, he's got amazing power, knocking out Felipe Linz in the fashion that he did. You know, and a lot of experience. You know, that was his twenty fifth professional fight, um, and he's only he's only twenty eight years old, which is really really young for the heavyweight division. You know, you look at a lot of these guys, 41, 42, 43 years old. You know, even Verdun's still kicking around in that heavyweight division. Uh, you know, and this guy's 28. I mean, that's, that's, 28's not, not super young for, for, you know, lightweight or welterweight. But, I mean, for heavyweight, that's, I mean, Jesus, this kid's, this kid's basically the Chase Hooper of the, of the heavyweight division at 28 years old. So, uh, I'll be very interested uh, to, to keep an eye on this guy, Tanner Bozier. Uh, very quickly, Takashi Sato uh, beats Ramiz. Oh no, excuse me. I'm reading the old. I'm reading the old thing here. That fight uh, uh, was replaced. That was uh, a win for uh, Takashi Sato over Jason Witt. Uh, sucks to be Jason Witt because you're a short notice guy and you get knocked out in 48 seconds. And here's twelve thousand dollars and piss off. So uh, that's unfortunate for Jason Witt. He could not pull. A, oh, who was the guy? Who was the guy on last week's card who came in on short notice and won? Uh, Jordan something. Sorry, Jordan something. If that's even your name, I forgot your uh, your entire name. But there was that uh, there was that kid who came in and won. Um, so again, don't know what that win does for either of them. But uh, shout out to him. Uh, shout out to everybody on the card. Shout out to the listeners as well. Shout out to anybody who needs a shout out. Uh, we also had Kay Hansen 
beating Jin Yu Frey uh, by a triangle armbar in the third round. Shout out to Kay Hansen. Uh, I mean, that's that's impressive. Um, obviously, the resume is not super gaudy, but, uh, you know, again, like we said in the preview show, started her MMA career at 18 years old. She's now 20, uh, about to be 21 next month. And, um, you know, that's 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 interesting. I mean, the strawweight division is probably the deepest women's division. Um, and, and really, the, the women fighters kind of skew young, uh, especially at, uh, at, at 115 and 125. But shoot, man, you know, taking a, an infusion of young talent here, and we'll see what she can do uh, in the UFC. Uh, and then we had Yusuf Zalal winning a featherweight bout here with Jordan Griffin. I mean, yeah, I thought he won. I thought he won 29-28. I don't really have any thoughts on that. Just kind of an average fight. Um, Zalal's got some pretty good leg kicks. Uh, pretty solid timing. Uh, and that's pretty much all I got to say on that. Um, let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Wow, that was a banner night for North Star Sports. Eight out of ten picks correct. Uh, we we missed on the Ju- Julian Arosa. I mean, good. Yeah, that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing for Woodson. Uh, we missed on Julian Arosa, who was on like a three-fight UFC losing streak when he got cut and then you know brought back here on short notice. Um, and we missed on comma Death Star worthy, which ah that pisses me off because I'm such a big fan of him, but ah I don't I. That's the problem with overthinking. Sometimes I just got to let my mind just be. I overthought that one. I really did. I overthought it. I should have stuck with comma worthy. Comma, I'm sorry. If you're listening in Pittsburgh, I'm sorry. I I should have been I should have been on your side. The nickname, ah. Ah, but then, you know, Violent Bob Ross, Luis Peña, that's a great nickname as well. I'm sorry. I just got distracted. I overthought it. I shouldn't have. You have the momentum you know, you, you, you have the knockout victory, you have the experience, you have the, the long win streak. Ah, I, I, I messed up. I'll, you know what? No matter no matter who Kama Worthy faces in his next fight, I'm picking Kama Worthy. I don't care if, if he fights... It doesn't even matter. I don't care if he fights Joe Lozon or if he fights fucking Khabib Nurmagomedov. The next fight, I guarantee I'm picking Kama Worthy. Kama... Even if it's Dan Hooker, I'm I'm st- I'm picking comma worthy. I gotta stick with my boy here. Uh, I you know I, I was unfaithful. I'm I'm very sorry, comma worthy, but uh, I I don't think you care. But if you're listening, I just want you to know. Uh, so with that, again, a banner night for North Star Sports. Eight out of ten. This is why you gotta stick with you gotta you gotta get on the bandwagon here with North Star Sports. We are so hot with our predictions. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, haters will bring up that we were five and five last week. Listen, I haven't crunched the numbers yet, but we were sitting at sixty-one point seven percent. I mean, eight out of ten, we might be sitting at like sixty-three percent. So, I mean, it, we're sitting pretty. We are sitting pretty. You know what I mean? If you if you put your money in the hands of North Star Sports, I mean, that's a good investment. Um, this is not legally binding. Don't take advice from me. Uh, I don't want to. Re- I don't want to be responsible for you guys fucking listening to me and then going five for five but you know uh without taking any legal responsibility uh you know we're we're pretty solid with our our picks here um 
which we uh, we do not condone legally. Or we do condone legally? I always forget with condone. Condone... Ah, whatever. Who fucking cares? I have no idea. We're not responsible for your picks, but um, we are we are very hot. Uh, so with that, we'll, we'll wrap up here before I stumble over more of my words from crippling uh, sleep deprivation. Uh, again, you can follow me uh, on Twitter as my fucking studio falls apart. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter, obviously, at North Star M-I-N. Hey guys, just check out our website. What's what, what's what's the concern here? Check out our website, NorthStarSports.media. What do you have to lose? It's just one click away. What are you afraid you'll like it? Yeah, are are you afraid? Are you afraid you'll click on my website and you're, you you'll be afraid that you'll be you'll be a fanboy for life? Who cares? You know, do do what's pleasurable. You know, check out my website. I mean, if you like it, awesome. Got great content. You know, we're pretty good on rankings and, and stuff like this, it, you know, and, and if you don't like it, you know, then go fuck yourself. I don't give a shit, but, you know, please check us out. Um, it's pretty much all I got to say here with uh, with housekeeping, so thanks for tuning in, everybody.